Hey, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, greetings, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode, Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. Grace and peace be unto you, my brethren. It's good to be with you. Um, Today, uh, the title of this podcast is called Transaggression transgression obviously that's the take off on a biblical term transgression so recently i've saw on facebook a pretty uh, powerful meme and it was speaking of the progression of evil as it takes over societies and it talked about first we kind of overlook evil kind of put our head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. Of course, it is happening, but we're so busy with our lives, we really don't want to pay much attention to it. Well then, um, eventually, as those who practice evil uh, ask for tolerance and we grant it, we pretty much by silent consent then permit evil. Well, uh, the government can come along and uh, through their laws and public policies, they legalize evil. And of course, once our government codifies evil into law, governmental tyranny raises its ugly head, which produces uh, moral anarchy uh, in our culture, in both, obviously, are happening in our day. Well, they're not content just to legalize evil. Now they have to promote it. And here's where this unholy alliance between corporate America and governmental tyranny work hand in hand to force evil upon our nation. Well, then, of course, we'll we'll have to celebrate it. Um, And so, yeah, we're going to set it aside an entire month in June to celebrate the LBGT alphabet soup people and uh, and its, uh, you know, transgendered movement that comes with it. And, uh, and if you don't celebrate it, uh, if you don't agree with it, well, lastly, we have to persecute those who still call evil evil. And brothers and sisters, that's pretty much where we are at uh, as a people in our nation. And so if you look at the scenario and the playbook of the homosexual and transgendered movements, uh, you could possibly ascertain how we have moved 
from a nation who once considered these abominations unspeakable to now its mainstream. Your children are growing up in a nation that commits child sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood, and parading our sin as Sodom, and presenting this to our children as normal. Well, we have definitely moved from a mere toleration of sexual perversion and the sexual confusion it has produced to now being threatened uh, by it. And here's the thing, and if we don't bow down and kiss kiss this idol, literally our lives and our livelihood sort of hang in the balance. Um, I don't know if you listened to my last episode, but I interviewed a dear brother, uh, Mason Goodnight. He, he, he was a deputy sheriff, and uh, he served 27 years in a jail, exemplary record, uh, at a jail in Roseburg, Oregon. And uh, he was recently fired. And so, you know, what was his infraction? What, what caused this dismissal? Well, for one thing, he was not going to sell his soul to the devil and violate his Christian faith. See, what happens, the, the homosexual transgendered agenda through our government is demanding supremacy by governmental decree, or we face the cancel, cancel culture's wrath. And so, Brother Mason, he stood his ground, and it did cost him his livelihood. And of course, he's enduring a lot of threats uh, by his good, righteous, and just stand. So, brothers and sisters, we, we got to recognize the season we are in, you know, the time of the season, so to speak. And these, this is where we find ourselves. You know, good has become evil, you know, evil good. Uh, these abominations are being codified into law, and this is what's fueling the governmental tyranny and the moral anarchy in our culture. So as we consider the recent development of the sexual revolution and the juggernaut it has produced, some homosexual advocates suggest we study history. Well, for most homosexuals, that history began in earnest in New York City. Uh, The Big Apple constituted the largest... uh, self-identifying lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered communities by a significant margin in the United States. And so a lot of the homosexual advocates believe it was in 1969 at the Stonewall riots in Greenwich Village. That's when the homosexual agenda took root and spread from there. In God's word, however, we discover men and nations have experienced such dissipation in times past, way beyond the Stonewall riots in Greenwich Village. The biblical beginnings of the homosexual agenda and its sordid history actually began in the Book of Origins, 
which is the book of Genesis. Perhaps you've heard of the infamous cities in times past called Sodom and Gomorrah. Interesting fact, the term sodomy actually is directly connected to the city of Sodom, who along with Gomorrah experienced some strange weather patterns. Could you imagine? Today, there will be showers of brimstone, followed by intense firestorms. Well, that weather hit Sodom and Gomorrah and absolutely burned it to the ground. So what can we glean today as Christians from the historical biblical narrative as we see Sodom and Gomorrah revive in our day and thrive in our day? Well, one thing for sure, we, we have witnessed the progression of evil that we started with this episode, transaggression. The wickedness of sodomy has gained supremacy, and no one, and I mean no one, is safe from their lustful demands. Now, as we look at the narrative in Sodom and Gomorrah, we can glean the Sodomites back then were seriously delusional. They actually believed they had the right to bust into private property, to bust down Lot's door to have access to the angelic messengers. They had to believe they had a right to the bodies of these messengers and literally just have sexually have their way with them. Now, I'm not sure what the law was on the books during this time in Sodom and Gomorrah, and I don't know if the practice was prevalent during this time, but clearly it had developed into a mindset that thought these actions were acceptable in those cities. And what are we seeing today? We're seeing a similar spirit unleashed upon us. Those who are held captive by this demonic lust are becoming more vile and violent with each passing day. They truly believe they have the right, and they're using the government and corporations to do this to force their perversions upon us and on our children. And if we don't concede, they come out with the long knives. You know, the cancel culture. They threaten our lives, our livelihoods. And all I can tell you, brothers and sisters, we have to courageously stand and stay faithful to the Lord and the truth of his word. And having done all, continue to stand in Jesus' name. Now, these misguided souls captured by the evil one to do his bidding suffer from what the Bible describes as vile or inordinate affections. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, he lays out the progression of evil biblically that leads to vile affections. It starts with un 
thankfulness. No gratitude for the many blessings that God has bestowed upon us as his creatures. Okay? Well, this leads to vain imaginations and darkened hearts. It progresses from there to delusional thinking. Professing themselves to be wise, what? They become fools. Next, they end up worshiping the creature rather than the creator. I've seen their writings, brothers and sisters. It is horrific. They, they threaten to capture our sons and turn them from the worship of Almighty God to worship homosexuality. And so they end up worshiping the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Next, they become unclean through the lust of their own hearts and dishonored their own bodies. They dishonor their own bodies. And if you look medically at the state of health of homosexuals, it is horrific. They do not live out half their days. They suffer from a credible psychological and physical breakdown. Sickness and disease ravishes them, savages them. They're addicted to drugs and alcohol. They're committing suicide. This is what happens when you're captured by vile affections and inordinate affections. And so they end up exchanging the truth for a lie. And that what's ultimately leads them to this sad state of affairs. Now, what I can ascertain, ascertain from various resources, the term inordinate affections denote an irrational passion. That's right. Irrational passion. Passions that are contrary to nature and reason. It sort of has this excessive impulse that carries men beyond bounds and unpersuaded by reason. Remember, one of the definitions of transgression is to cross the line. Okay? Cross the barrier that God has set up uh, to protect us from the, from the consequences of sin. In fact, this abomination, and that's what God calls homosexuality, an abomination, it's so serious to God that it can lead to what the Bible calls a reprobate mind. So if you continue down this dark road and continue to feed this demonic lust, God will eventually turn people over to a reprobate mind if they do not repent. And here's the consequence. Once you're turned over, your reason will betray you. You will honestly believe good is evil and evil is good. And when we see that, we see that happening today. And uh, as we continue with this definition of vile affection, it, it, it applies that a person's emotions or passions are out of control. They're giving full vent to their lust and they're spinning 
out of control. The term seems to be inclusive and not just of lustful passions, but rather any violent over-emotion or agitation of the mind that robs a person of their self-control. We do not, in these days, advocate much when it comes to the realms of self-control. It is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, what we're doing in these days is we are advocating self-esteem, where people can do evil, commit sin and wickedness, just as long as they have self-esteem while they are doing it, they're good to go. Well, the Bible forbids that. The Bible condemns that. The Bible calls for self-control, not self-esteem. Well, the name of this episode, again, is transaggression. Obviously, this connects the homosexual and transgendered movements to the biblical term transgression, but with the added caveat, which they include to dominate, which is aggression. And boy, have we seen it in recent days. The violence is real and escalating, brothers and sisters, and we need to know it. There are many terms in the Bible that deals with the depravity of men and our sinful nature that is bent towards disobedience. And we're going to cover some of these terms, brothers and sisters. It's a fascinating study because there are different terms for sin and obviously different degrees of sin as it pertains to God's relationship to men. So here's a quote by Sinclair Ferguson. He defines three terms. He stated, sin, transgression, transaggression, and iniquity are different words in the Old Testament. Most of us are familiar with the Greek term H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A. I believe it's pronounced Harmitia, I may be missing the mark, (laughs) pardon the pun, and it means sin. This conveys the idea of falling short of the mark. We are made for the glory of God, but sin causes us to fall short of the mark. Transgression has the very basic idea of crossing the line. God has given us his law, and we cross the line. Iniquity has the sense of twistedness. There is a twistedness in us as a consequence of our sinful nature. All of these words are different angles of one and the same reality. Our disobedience to God, our againstness, our hatred, our diversion from him. Now, as I went deeper looking into the different terms of sin, uh, I found these definitions, and I pray 
they're helpful to you, brothers and sisters, because I got to tell you, the church, we tend to try to give uh, an uplifting message uh, to the world. I get that. Um, and there are certainly times that we do need to give uplifting messages. But I have learned through the years that the souls of men will never treasure the good news until they fully comprehend the bad news. And so the church needs to honestly get back to what is wrong with humanity, what is broken in humanity. What are the things we're thinking, believing, and doing that separates us from God and brings horrific consequences upon us? And so the Lord lays out in his word uh, those things uh, that he disdains, things that he, he, uh, he, he will show contempt upon those who practice them. Uh, that is the reality. God is not only loving and compassionate and good, uh, he is holy and he is just, and clearly uh, he has shown the proclivity to judge and bring wrath upon men and nations throughout the scriptures, and certainly relevant here today. And so when we look at the general term sin, again, it's that harmetia, and it means to err, to miss the mark or the goal. Um, it uh, also, uh, in the Hebrew, it means to miss a goal, to fall short of a standard, to make a mistake or to sin. Okay, here's some other shades of meaning when it comes to sin. Offense or trespass. Uh, it means to fall, falter, or a misstep. The Greek word is paratoma. Uh, I hope that's correct. P-A-R-A-P-T-O-M-A. -A -A. Uh, there's another Greek word. Uh, it's spelled A-G-N-O-E-M-A. -A. And this refers to sins of ignorance or thoughtlessness. Um, we go on and there's uh, wickedness. And the Greek word there is ponera. I believe that's the way it's pronounced. P-O-N-E-R-I-A. And this is someone who lacks ethical standards that leads to a rottenness or disease of the soul. Another term, malice. And the Greek word there is K-A-K-I-A. -K and this is evilness or wickedness. Uh, another term, disobedience. Uh, the Greek word there is P-A-R-A-K-O-E. And this means failing or refusing to hear. Of course, Jesus was always challenging people. Be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear. Because if we refuse to hear, obviously we will be walking in disobedience. Another term which, again, connects uh, this podcast, transaggression, to the term transgression. The Greek word there is parabasis, or maybe pronounced difference, but it's P-A-R-A-B-A-S-I-S. -A -A -S -S. And this means to pass or go beyond. It's crossing that line. It is intentionally going beyond 
what the law allows. And when it comes to the sexual practices of men and nations, uh, there's one, only one acceptable practice that the law allows, and that is marriage between one man and one woman in holy matrimony till death do us part. All other sexual practices, fornication, sex outside of marriage, adultery within marriage, homosexuality, bestiality, and all the different deviant sexual practices, they are all called sin. It, it, we, we go beyond the parameter of God's law, which is one man, one married, one woman in holy matrimony till death do us part. Anytime we have sex besides that, we've, we've crossed the line. We are in the realms of disobedience. We are in the realms of sin. And in some cases, we are in the realms of what the Bible calls abominations. Next term is guilt. The word here is enochos, E-N-O-C-H-O-S. It refers to someone being held responsible, judged, or condemned by the law. Another term for sin is iniquity. The Greek word here is adikia, A-D-I-K-I-A, and it literally means without a name. In other words, it is acting without authority. It is the opposite of righteousness. It means injustice, wickedness, or wrongdoing. Next word, lawlessness. The Greek word here is anomia, A-N-O-M-I-A. This word literally means without law. It is acting without permission of the law. Now, we know all sin biblically is lawlessness. All sin is the violation of God's law. This leads to ungodliness. And the Greek word there is asbesia. Asbeth, well, it's A-S-E-B-E-I-A. It literally means without religion. It refers to being without awe of God and not giving God honor or worship. So, you know, basically it's the violation of the first two commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and thou shalt not make any graven image, neither shall you bow down to them. That is ungodliness. The last one that I want to hit on, which is really important when it comes to this episode, is the term abomination. And the Hebrew word is spelled P-I-G-G-U-W-L. Uh, kind of interesting that it has pig as part of the term. This is a very interesting definition of abomination. It means something that stinks because it's rotten. It refers to something that should make you sick to your stomach just to think about it. The Greek word is spelled B-D-E-L-U-G-M-A, which means desolation. 
So obviously between the, the Hebrew and the Greek, abomination leads to desolation. And we're going to uh, find out more about that uh, later in this episode. So there's no doubt that God places homosexuality in the category of an abomination. And once men and nations understand that, the response should be, this makes us sick to our stomach just to contemplate it. Now, there are other definitions of abomination as well. Uh, there are five different words translated as abomination in the Bible. And the predominant, predominant meaning, again, is to stink, to be loathsome, uncleanness. Uh, the original words express the greatest disdain on the part of God. God disdains homosexuality and all its subsequent perversions. And he has utter contempt upon those who practice sodomy. This ain't no game. This is not a religious game. There are some behaviors of men um, that God just absolutely disdains. He has contempt for. And he places those who practice homosexuality in that camp. This is serious. And it has temporal and eternal consequences associated with theirs, those who dare to cross that line and transgress. Well, there are other abominations in the Bible. Witchcraft, adultery, uh, divination, enchanters, or witches are expressly called abominations. That's Deuteronomy 18.9. Many of the so-called practices of the Eastern religion or the New Age come under these headings. Abomination is also applied to adultery in Leviticus 18, 17 through 27. So even those who practice heterosexuality can commit an abomination if they have sex within the marriage covenant. Obviously, homosexuality is included in the list. Uh, the scriptures are clear on this. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is abomination. And that's Leviticus 18.22. Some other interesting situations where God considers it an abomination. The prayer of the disobedient. God says that's an abomination. Dishonesty. Yep, abomination. Justifying the wicked and condemning the just. Both of them are an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 28, 9 states, He that turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer, shall be abomination. The book of Proverbs enunciates another great truth. A false balance is abomination to the Lord. And of course, Proverbs 17, 15, those who justify the wicked and condemn the just they both are an abomination to the Lord. And we see this so clearly in the issue of abortion and the abolition of abortion. Our nation is guilty 
of a twofold abomination. They condemn the just. They they uh, unlawfully sentence the innocent to death, the preborn, and they justify the wicked by protecting murderers. We are guilty of this, brothers and sisters, and we need to repent. Well, obviously, through all these terms, that we find that there's degrees of sin. Now, all sin is bad, right? But some sin suggests a greater degree of depravity and rebellion and solicits a stronger response from heaven. Um, we see this uh, uh, clearly in the book of Jude. Now pay close attention to this passage of scripture, brothers and sisters. Jude says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth an example, hold on to that, are set forth an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So understand, the the brimstone and the fire that fell on Sodom and Gomorrah, that was just the beginning of woes of upon those who practiced the abomination of homosexuality. Uh, it led to the vengeance of eternal fire. And that place is what we know as hell. Understand that. Critically important. Now, brothers and sisters, what we glean from the book of Jude is God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah based solely on the abomination of homosexuality nor because he couldn't find 10 righteous to spare the city. Remember, Abraham, he, he had that, that prayerful dialogue. He was negotiating with God. If you find 50, would you not spare the, the city? And he, of course, it went down 40, 30, 20. Be patient with me, Lord. If, if you find 10, would you spare the city? Well, of course, uh, God did not find the ten and brought his judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. But what I want you to see, and this is what should concern, deeply concern you and I today, part of the reason why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah is God wanted to set forth an example to future generations and future nations. Don't you dare go here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because what did we learn about the term abomination? Right? It's something that should make us sick to our stomach and understand when a nation commits abomination, it leads to desolation. And we're seeing, we're seeing that take place in our day, brothers and sisters. This is going down. 
There is no doubt about it. It's coming to a head. And at some point, this thing is going to implode. There is no doubt about it because homosexuality literally means the burning out of man. That means your civilization is burning the candle on both ends. Okay? And this is what's happening in our day. Now, I want to conclude this episode, Transaggression, actually with the good news of the gospel. Because I know I lay out a pretty bleak future uh, for the United States of America because our sins and abominations have reached heaven. We're literally seeing Romans chapter 1 come to pass in our day. Uh, This nation is being flushed down the toilet of history. No doubt about it. It is happening. But is there any hope? Well, I have a twofold hope um, because I believe in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Uh, we, We have lessons in history of what happens when abominations reach heaven and God judges nation. Uh, You can just take Germany in recent history, you know, the abominations that they committed that led to World War II. Well, their nation was reduced to an ember. It was raised to the ground. Well, uh, they're a nation still today. Uh, They came back. They were restored. And I don't know what we're going to have to negotiate through. I don't know how vast and how... um, Uh, the degree of God's wrath and judgment that is not only falling upon America, but will continue to fall. I don't know what we're going to have to negotiate through, what we're going to have to uh, sludge through um, as we negotiate through God's judgment uh, for our national sins that have brought this national calamity. But I did want to end with the gospel message especially to those who have been captured uh, by this demonic lust that is destroying their bodies, their minds, and their souls. This is 1 Corinthians 6, and we're going to start in verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now here's the good news. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. So yeah, I've gone over a lot of bad news of what's happening in these days with this trans aggression that's been unleashed against us. And again, men will never treasure the good news until they fully comprehend the bad news. 
giving you the bad news uh, throughout this podcast, but I really do want to end with the good news. You could be trapped. You could be bound by this lust, by this sin. And, and you know, you know it's tormenting you. You know, one of the things I just, I find it so incredible, because I know when I came to my senses on how I was living my life and how it was hurting me and how I was hurting others, you know, there was a deep regret. There, there was a, a deep repentance wrought in my soul because it finally came to me, why would I want others to go through what I'm going through and suffer the way I did? And I see that. I see that in the homosexual community, in the transgender community. They know what they're going through. They know what they're enduring. They know what they're suffering. And they're trying to put on a happy face. And they're trying to dull their senses with alcohol and drug abuse. But they know deep down the torment, the violation of their conscience, the violation of their bodies. They know what's sad, what's, what's, what's sort of horrifying is like who in their right mind would want to pass this on to other people, especially children, knowing what they, they're going through and they feel the only way they're going to find peace in this is to pass this on to others to see their lives destroyed? That's insane. And it will never set the homosexual free. It is only through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through the gospel of the kingdom, when we come to our senses like the prodigal child and we come back home to the Father and we repent of our sin and confess our sin and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone, when we do that, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, enters our mortal body, it makes us alive, it regenerates our soul, we go from being dead in our trespasses and sins, condemned to a burning hell, and we become a son and daughter of the Most High God. And so my homosexual friend, my transgendered friend, you may have broken your mind. You may be living in torment and you may have already mutilated your body beyond recognition. But I am telling you, you can be set free by the gospel of the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, whosoever calls upon his name shall be saved. Listen. You do not need the agreement of this world to enable you in a lifestyle that's going to lead to your perdition. You need someone to love you enough to tell you the truth, and that's what I'm doing here right now. Your only hope for sanity, your only hope for freedom here and in the age to come 
is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Turn to him. Humble yourself. Call upon his name. Repent of your sin. And I promise you, a peace that passeth all understanding will flood your soul. The demons will go away. The voices in your head will be silenced. And God is merciful. He can even heal your broken body. And he can certainly bring peace to your tormented mind. I know this for a fact. He's done it for me, and he's done it for countless others. And so I'll leave you with that gospel truth. Uh, the last thing I want to do is um, put in the link that goes to a book uh, that is critically important, especially for the Church of Jesus Christ. And put that link. It's called The Beauty of the Binary. And it's written by Pastor Luke Griffo. Now, when he was contemplating writing this book, uh, he contacted me and asked if I would write an endorsement. And I was glad to do so. Brothers and sisters, Christians, please hear me on this. Um, again, these are the days we're negotiating through. And the church has to be equipped you know, to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, even when it comes to the homosexual and the transgendered movement. Pastor Luke lays it out in this book. It's an important work, uh, and Christians must get a hold of it to study, to show ourselves approved again, that we might effectively minister the gospel of the kingdom uh, to those who have been captured by the enemy to do his bidding, to you know, spread this corruption, this depravity, this rebellion, and enforce it upon this generation and the generations yet to come. We got to know what the Bible says about these things and how to communicate it effectually. So please uh, access that link and get that book. It's really, really important in these days. So brothers and sisters, this is Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. I'm signing off. You keep pressing on to that high call and prize in Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.